You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Our God and Heavenly Father, I pray that you would send your spirit even now to open your word to our hearts that we might know uh, what it means to remember, to consider, and to imitate faith in you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. It's my great privilege to join you this evening as you wrap up your series through the book of Hebrews. And when I looked to see what passage had been assigned to me, I noticed that I was getting uh, near the tail end. And so very grateful to share with you in the heel of Hebrews, which typically is an area of an epistle where you think, what in the world could I possibly preach on? It's a little bit like being designated the genealogies from the Gospels uh, to preach upon. And yet I hope that you don't take the, make the same mistake that I have made, because as we see here in the 13th chapter of Hebrews, and even next week when someone is getting the concluding 20 through 25, uh, you could spend an entire semester maybe even a year or more, simply preaching through the passage that was read to us this evening. And it is hard to bite off everything in one fell swoop, and rather than do that this evening, I'd like for us just to look at two verses in chapter 13, verses 7 and 8. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, This time of year, I can't help but think back on my own life as uh, a child and as a teenager, because this is the time of year, August, uh, well now September, Labor Day weekend, uh, but at the end of the summer is when all of the Christian camps were where I grew up. Uh, That's when we were packed up and shipped off uh, to go to Christian camps in various and sundry places. Uh, You yourself may have gone off to a Christian camp. Uh, You may have been a part of a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp. You may have gone to a Young Life camp. Uh, You may have gone to a church camp. Uh, It could have been anything. And in many instances, uh, if you're anything like me, uh, that may have been the first time that you heard the gospel in pure form. It's the first time that God was actually able to communicate with you the good news of Jesus Christ crucified for sinners and the reality of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection became real to you and for the first time in your life you said yes that's for me it may have been during a vacation Bible school it may have been during a camp but so often I find testimonies of people who have had that experience of the gospel becoming real to them during their camp experience and here in Hebrews 13 the author of Hebrews is saying remember your leaders those who spoke to you the word of God it's past tense it's not talking about the leaders that you have today your pastors The author would talk about them later. We heard Sally read about them, uh, supporting them and praying for them. But the leaders that he's talking about here are the leaders who are now in heaven. The leaders that have gone on before us, that are no longer with us. And the tense that he uses for the verb to remember is a continuous remembering. And it's not a nostalgia. It's not looking back and saying, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that person just the nicest person that I'd ever met? No, you remember them because they spoke the word of God to you. 
And that's quite a claim. Human beings speaking the word of God to one another. You remember them not because their words were wise or beautiful or even sensible, but they were God's words. And this is the claim that the New Testament makes that the preacher's message is the very word of God. Not that he is infallible, but speaking as one who speaks the oracles of God, as Peter would write in 1 Peter 4.11. Inasmuch as they are proclaiming the gospel truth, they are actually bringing the word of God to you. And maybe you've had that experience. The experience of sitting under one who preaches the word of God and someone who simply preaches their own ideas on living with a lot of platitudes. Because there's a great difference between preaching about the Word of God and preaching the Word of God. It's alive and active. If you want to look back at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, if I can get there, verses 4 and 5. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You can tell the difference. After you've encountered the risen Lord Jesus Christ through the pure preaching of the gospel that has taken root in your heart, you can tell the difference between somebody simply standing up and giving you a sermon from the book of second opinion or someone who is actually speaking to you the word of God. That has been my experience as a Christian. You can tell it. Someone who is completely captivated by God's word so that when they get into the pulpit, they're so overwhelmed that it's as if you're, you've come just to watch them burn with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Senwin Swan, who uh, was the wife of Derek Swan, a wonderful Welsh preacher who's gone on to be with the Lord, uh, she would often say that sometimes she would hear preachers, and as they were preaching, she would think to herself and even pray, oh no, that preacher's up there all by themselves today. And if that's the case, it's hard to hear the gospel with all the noise that we're bringing to the table as a preacher. But the full significance of verse 7, of remembering our leaders, can only be in context. Because the author sees things happening then that are even happening now in our day and age. And we see that in verse 9. Why does he say remember? Because he says, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. A strange could just as easily be translated as outlandish. And that is what we face today. Not just false teaching, but outlandish teaching. Craziness. It doesn't matter what the Bible says, so long as it jives with our own human experience. It's outlandish. It's crazy talk. And what is the cure? The author tells us, 
Go back to the gospel truth that you heard preached to you in the first instance. Because one, the word that was spoken to you had the power to save you. And then secondly, when you're listening to somebody preach, or when you're engaged in a conversation, we must compare what we are hearing then to what we heard long ago. We must remember what brought us to life, what brought light into the darkness, what brought God's love shed abroad in your heart. It was the gospel that you received. And so the author of Hebrews says, remember, because you must stick with the message of the person and work of Jesus Christ. If you remember that, you won't be carried about by outlandish teaching, which is a false gospel, which in fact is no gospel at all. Secondly, he says, consider the outcome of their way of life. Now some commentators will say that the author is saying, remember their faithfulness unto death, the faith of the martyrs. And that's all well and good, but that's actually not what I think the author is saying here. I think John Chrysostom, the great preacher of the early church, was right, who translated it as, consider the achievements of their daily lives. As we look back at our leaders, were their lives consistent with their lips? Did they live out the gospel? And by that, I don't mean were they the nicest people that ever walked the face of the earth. But did their lives demonstrate in honesty with who they were but more than that, an understanding of who God was, great in mercy and mighty to save. Was their life, entirety of life, marked by repentance? Not, I'm getting better and better every single day, but every single day I understand the greater need for a Savior in Jesus Christ, and that only increases as I walk with Him. These are our heroes our models. And that's why thirdly he says imitate their faith. And that faith is in no other person but the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the wonderful things about Hebrews is that it is a constant summary of what he's been saying from the beginning. And so really he's just hearkening back to how he opened up in the first chapter. Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, that is now, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is the faith that the author of Hebrews is talking about. This is why he says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says what happened yesterday. He was there at the creation of the world. The world is held together simply by his word. He came and he dwelt amongst us and he gave himself up upon the cross as a purification for sins. That's what he did yesterday. And what is he doing today? 
He's ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God the Father. It's a funny way of putting it. He's kind of getting on a roll and then there's this, after making purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. What is Jesus doing now? He's just sitting around. But he's not just sitting around. He is sitting around in the sense that what? What he did yesterday proclaimed the most glorious news to all of us who are broken down by sin. It's right up there. It is finished. He's able to sit down because there's nothing else to do. He's done it all, and yet what he's done is he sent his spirit into our hearts so that we might cry, Abba, Father, and become the children of God. And he makes intercession on our behalf. That is what he's doing now. That is what is he, he's doing now. He is on his throne, ministering his grace and strength to those who draw near. And he's the same forever. And that is elsewhere in Hebrews chapter 7 and in chapter 9 verse 15 we read this. Therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. There's a glorious inheritance that awaits us as his children as the heirs of salvation, that there's going to come a day when he returns to judge the world. But for, for us, that's a day of glorious joy and peace, and everything will be set to rights. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the Christian faith. That is what the author of Hebrews is saying about remember, consider, and imitate. This is the sum total that came to me the summer of 1991. It may have come at another time for each of you. And for some of you tonight, it may not have come at all yet. It has yet to come. But we're reminded tonight that Jesus is the unchanging Savior. The same yesterday, today, and forever. But tonight could be that night for you. That you would know Jesus yesterday, and therefore know complete and total forgiveness in him. That your sins would be put as far away as the east is from the west. That you could know him today as a faithful friend, a mediator, an advocate, who empowers us with his spirit. And you could know him forever, a marvelous eternity with him in glory. And so it's no wonder that the author of Hebrews says to us, remember your leaders. Remember them not because of who they were, but because of the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has done for us through his cross and re resurrection. That is why we commend them to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to remember the leaders who spoke to us the word of God, that we would consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. 
And Lord, sear deep on our hearts that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And not let us be led astray by diverse and outlandish teachings, but that we would remember, consider, and imitate. And for those who have not had that experience, Lord, that tonight might be the night that they come to hear the gospel for the first time and take hold of it and make you theirs. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.